0: Father, we, our hearts are overwhelmed. Our hearts, we cannot understand, we don't perceive it, Father, that you would send your only Son to die a gruesome death on the cross for us, your children. And for that, we are eternally grateful, God. Thank you because of your love. You plucked us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the glorious kingdom of light. And I pray, God, that we would forever remember of the sacrifice that you made for us. We are eternally grateful. Thank you, Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, won't you take them out? Please then, let's turn to the book of Philippians. Um, And we are on, in chapter 3, and our verse that we will continue on is verse 15. Philippians 3 verse 15, but I've got it from verse um, 13 up on the screen so that you can put it together, but we will concentrate on verse 15 and this is what it says, therefore let us as many as are mature have this mind and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So we've been looking at this fact about Christianity, and um, we're looking at the second part of the verse uh, 15, which says, "As many as are mature." So Paul writes to his friends in Philippi, and uh, he's encouraging them to to live live a life according to the gospel and and to Christ. and I said it last week that He, up until verse 15, He has me speaking to them in a way that is from a front place of encouragement. Come on, we can do this. Come on, this life is worth living. Actually, there's a prize to be won. That prize is at the end of this race we are all in. All of us are in a race. And this, this race... The difference in the Christian race is that we don't, are not racing that we beat each other, but rather that we are racing so that we can complete this race. And therefore, as we are racing together along, along this life, uh, my brother or my sister is battling. I am to come alongside them and help them continue so that we can get to that finish line together. Then we get to verse 15, and Paul then um, singles out... That those who are mature in the Christian walk. Those who consider themselves mature. And then I ask the question, what, what does it mean? What does maturity mean to you and I? What did it mean for Paul and what, what did it mean to them as he was uh, addressing them? So he's speaking to the congregation. Uh, I would imagine there's a lot of people, but in uh, in the congregation there are those who are mature. Some some say they're mature by their own um, understanding and um, others say they're mature because others see that they're mature. And I said that I can gauge, I can tell you, I can see by your actions and the way that you live your life if you are mature. And it's not just from me. You can do the same toward me. You can say and you can testify if I'm mature or not. Um, he, would that, so he singles them out. Speaking to the whole congregation, his Christian brothers and sisters, but then he singles out those who are mature. And let's face it. Let's be honest. We all want to think we are mature. Right? Or is it just me? And part of our understanding of maturity is, of course, in the Christian walk, we start, out, you know, God saves us. He brings, plucks us into, the, into, into his kingdom from the kingdom of darkness. And... Um, at that stage, you're a baby. At that stage, you're a baby. And as a baby, uh, as we know, a baby cannot look after itself. baby cannot fend for itself. baby cannot feed itself. And that is true of the Christian walk. When you're born again, you are a baby as you enter into this kingdom. But then that's, not, that's the beginning. It's not the end. You don't remain there. We are to mature. And as you mature, you begin to feed yourself. You begin to understand the Word of God. You begin to understand how to maneuver, how to um, deal with situations that life throws at us. And those are the things that kind of gauges and helps, helps us understand our maturity. How are we? How mature are we? Are we still, we've been born again, walking, knowing Christ for many years, but uh, like children who are spoiled brats, Uh, mom says no you won't get that sweet in a shopping center and they just throw themselves on the floor Uh, that is immaturity that is maturity but as they mature as they grow they they move out of uh, immaturity and they move into maturity so when mom says no you're not having that sweet it's not a case of uh, you know throwing a uh, tantrum it's actually okay i understand uh, it's not so good for me to be having my 16th suite um, this morning already. So mom makes uh, sense. And it's, a, it's true for us. Uh, so we want things as Christians. God says, no, it's not time for that. And so as you mature, you understand, no, it's not time for that. God knows best. And therefore, best I, I actually um, listen and understand and hear Him. So Paul addresses those who are, he singles the, those who consider themselves mature. And um, you know it's it's um, it's quite common in the Christian um, community um, to to have us as Christians who we've almost in inverted commas logged many many uh, years serving Christ. So if on on a logbook. Uh, you, you can, you've got many years of logging, of, of uh, following Christ. Many years. But it does not necessarily mean that you're mature. Just because you follow Christ, just because you come to church, just because you're part of a, a fellowship group that believes in Christ, just because you do this Christian stuff, does not necessarily mean that you're mature. There are many Christians in our day and age um, who have known Christ for many years, but yet they are still spiritual babies. And so we're trying to understand what does spiritual babies mean for you and for me, for us as a Christian community. Because remember, we are set apart. We are to be different. We are to grow up. Um, the best way we understand growing up is, you know, uh, you know, Paul writes it in, in the Word of God. A baby is born, and as they um, uh, eat, as they gain nourishment, so they grow. And I said last week, you know, uh, often if you if a baby is not um, growing, is not you can see you can't see uh, a dist- there's a difference there's a difference one day they were 9 months and then they are 10 years old yet they have a 9 month old or 1 year old ba- uh, body something is wrong with that child in our uh, estimation isn't it and i said there's something must have something must have stunted the growth of the child and it's true for us christians if you are still Immature, if you are still immature, there's something that is stunting your growth. And we understood that the primary thing that stunts each of our growth in our Christian walk is lack of nourishment. Lack of nourishment. Now where does the nourishment come from? The nourishment comes from this glorious word of God. This glorious Word of God. If we are not consuming the Word of God, if we are not finding Him trying to understand, trying to learn, trying to, um, dare I say, debate because we don't understand, um, then we are not maturing. There's, some, there's something. There's a, there's a ceiling. There's something that's stopping us from, from growing. And this is why I said last year, as, uh, as we had our last meeting, that um, there are 77 books in the New Testament, I said 77 verses, and no one, no one uh, uh, came back to me and said, there are more than 77 verses in the New Testament, but there are 77 books in the New Testament, and I, uh, and I invited you, us as a church to come along this journey, uh, as I part- uh, was partaking this journey to nourish myself in the Word of God, not systematically, not because um, uh, it's a tick box uh, item that needs to be done but because I want to grow, I want to mature. And I said, okay, well, we'll try, some, try to cover these. I didn't say that we, may, we have to finish these 77 books within the, the, the Holy day. And then when I started, um, I quickly um, realized that um, uh, if, if you're eating of the true word, true bread, man, it's so rich, it's so good, it, and it's so delicious, that I am still in chapter one. I, I, I'm still working through the, the beginning of the New Testament. You know, I thought, again, okay, now I'll, I'll kind of page through and, 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 but I just couldn't. I just couldn't, I couldn't rush. I said, as you read, as God highlights something, stop, meditate, and just enjoy rather than just going through so i'm continuing by the way i 'm just giving you a report back that it's, uh, i'm still i 'm still continuing looking at the at the new testament, but i 'm still still very very early, and I will continue pursuing this um this uh, this word of God as best as I can as the years um carry on. One of the ways that we notice that we are not um that we are probably not as mature as we should as Christians is um it, it would seem as though many people get offended very easily. I uh, put my hands up because I do get offended. Uh, maybe you guys might not believe that, but I do. I do. I am I'm a human. But as you grow in your Christian walk, offense should be something that is not completely taken away. It's there because you and I are different. I'm going to offend you and you're going to offend me because our, our, our thinking perhaps is different, our understanding is different. But if you're not as mature as you should be, we can see that. You still wear your, your, um, your feelings on your sleeve. So I'll offend you and, oh man, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. I'll know exactly what you think and how you feel because I've offended you. Um, that's one way we can look at our, our, our maturity process in the Christian life. How, of, uh, how um, do you take offense? How do you handle offense? And that will determine if we understand the principles of God's Word. God's Word says that He is slow to anger. Are you slow to anger? Because you're uh, made in His image. You're becoming more and more like Him daily. You're being renewed and becoming more like Him. So are you slow to anger? Or are you throwing your your toys out the cut, as it were? See, maturity is the maximum application of truth to experience. If we apply God's truth regularly to our sin and failure, we will grow. If Christ becomes the center of our choices for living, then we automatically start to mature. If He is the center, now this is hard because I'm saying, okay, every situation Jesus should be center. I don't have that right yet myself. It's not as though I think every situation I mean, God is sent, okay, hard. Uh, it's not like that. I, I'm still working in, in progress, but if Jesus Christ is the, kind of the center of my thinking, of my living, of this life that He has blessed me with, then my decision-making is a little bit different. Then my um, desires are a little bit different, because it's no longer I who's ruling, but it's Him, the hope of glory. It's Him. And he helped me to change those those things that need to be changed. Now, for us we need to understand this that biblical maturity comes from two areas. Two areas. Number one growth in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, the principles of God's word. The principles of God's word. But you cannot understand and know what the principles of God's words are if you're not spending time in His word. And remember I said that we, uh, um, we, as a Christian culture, we are too quick to look into commentaries, to find things from other aids, rather than actually going to the word of God First. First. So number one is the growth in grace and um, growth in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, the principles of the Word of God. Number two, the application of those principles, application of the Word of God into our lives. It's not good knowing the principles in the Word of God, uh, and that's how you are. How are you applying those principles that you've learned in your life? And if you are applying those uh, principles, you will mature. It is a guarantee that you will mature. And remember, in those in that application, that's where the, the you know that saying when the rubber m- meets the the road, um, that's when it happens because that's when the the crunch happens. Okay, so uh, that person has offended me. The principles of uh, God's verses are to forgive. Uh, let me apply that forgiveness. But that person just hurt me. It's hard for me to forgive that person. But guess what? The, uh, the, the uh, rubber is about to meet the road. And therefore, God, help me to forgive that person. And as you apply that, the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us. Because it's not you. It's us just opening up to Him and, and asking Him, please help me. That person has offended me, that person has hurt me, whatever the case might be. But help me, help me to forgive him. But that's a principle, because that's a principle of God through His Word. And the truth is this. The application of what you know about God makes all the difference. All the difference. So you can be a, a biblical scholar. you can know the Bible you know um, very well. can you can be, very, it can be, it can be even you know, an academic in the Word of God. But until you um, apply that academia that you've learned, as it were, it means absolutely nothing. It's just knowledge. You know, uh, I can't remember, it's the word that says, actually it is the word that says, knowledge puffs up. Knowledge puffs up. Puffs up. So knowing stuff without application is no good. It actually makes you go backwards because now you are bigger than what you think you are. Uh, You think you know best. And that's why we need to ask God to help us to apply, uh, put these applications into our lives. Here's an example: Two people um, understand the same amount of word. Two people, same amount of words, same amount of principles from the Word of God. One applies one percent of what he or she has learned, and the other applies ninety percent. I mean, you, you logically, mathematically, the one who is applied ninety percent will grow. The other will actually just lie dormant. They will just be a baby for the rest of their Christian life. There's 1% that they're applying, and it's a very slow growth. There's still some growth taking place. And that's why I said, um, I've said it from here before, that um, your salvation is not based on your works. So you apply the word of God does not mean that you uh, you know you are saved or uh, it doesn't qualify to get saved. That's not none of your. It's not you. It's not your energy. It's not your power. It's not your ability. That's all on Jesus. That's all on God. He He chose you whilst you were still a sinner, and calls you into His wonderful kingdom. But as he's called you into His wonderful kingdom, He wants you to grow. He wants you to mature. He wants you to um, achieve the things that He has called you to achieve. Why? For His Son's glory. For His Son's glory and for your and my benefit. Isn't that beautiful? So it's not about you and I. It's about Him. But because it's about Him, He makes it about us. Together. So that one who applies 1% remains dormant. And this morning I wonder where we find ourselves as Christians. I wonder where we find ourselves as Christians. Are we applying the word of God? Are we the 90% people? Or are we the 1% people? And if we are the 1% people, we will remain in babyhood. We will remain children. We will remain infants, as it were. Now who applies that percentage who, who applies those application into, li- into our lives it's not God it's not him who comes and applies it over. it's you and it's me I've got to take those principles and I've got to apply them into, into my life when it says that it's a, um, more blessed to give than it is to receive are you, do you believe that and do you apply that Are not. Yet within the church there are others who occasionally apply truth to experience, and they may reach adolescence. They may reach adolescence, but it's a slow growth. And for me, as a born again believer, as one who has been um, saved, uh, uh, the blood of God has saved me, and I just I want to mature. I want to do all that I can with what I have, this life, this limited life that I have. I want to live it as best as I can for His glory. But oftentimes I do not know how to do that. I do not know how to do that. But I, I look to the Word of God because in the Word of God, He will reveal things to me as to how I am to live this life. Remember my fam- one of my famous um, scriptures, and I'm sorry if I over-quoted in this, uh, from this pulpit, but I'll do it again. Ephesians 2.10, for he has gone ahead and prepared good works for you and I to walk in. Therefore, it's already prepared, that race, you know, it's marked out, Uh, it's been planned out, it's been planned out. I want to find out, okay, what are the nuggets? Where am I supposed to be turning? Am I supposed to be going right? Am I supposed to be going left? How, how do I do this? Uh, people around me, uh, you know, the, the relationships. God has brought all these different uh, different relationships for a reason. God, how do I, how do I glorify you in these um, relationships? I want to do the best that I can with what I have for His glory. And I know that it's almost selfish inside, to some degree because I know, as much as I'm doing that, then God's, God grants me the, the um, ability to enjoy, to enjoy it. So I do it for Him, but then He gives it back to me and He, and he, and he helps me to enjoy it. So it's no longer a work, it's no longer a, a slog, it's now something that's desirable. Why? Because I'm applying the principles that I'm learning from the Word of God. So how do we become mature? It's that we need to apply the principles of the word of god into our lives. See the believer who regularly applies truth to experience will move rapidly toward maturity. So, the first one, biblical maturity first area comes from growth in grace. And knowledge of Jesus Christ. Therefore we need to allow God to speak to us through his most holy word. We know that that's how he speaks to his children. Primarily it's through his word. He can use me to speak to you as I'm preaching this morning. Or he can use you to speak to your friend in conversation. Sometimes you're not even trying to, but he just uses. He just gives you and if you're spending time with him, he'll give you those little nuggets that you're able to share. So, and then number two is application of truth. Now, nah, I, I made a statement. I said there's knowledge and then there's application. Both we are responsible to get knowledge. You're responsible to get You've got to go find, you've got to go seek, you've got to go read, you've got to spend time with Christ, and He'll give you that knowledge. But knowledge alone without the Holy Spirit is dead. Actually, it just works. It's actually, you know, that's th- what the Word says, just buffs you up. It makes you all bright, but bright for nothing really. Um, the third part, the third element into the, this maturity process. Because remember, we're trying to understand what the, how does it look for you and I. We've been walking with Christ for many years. Are we actually mature? Are we maturing? The third part about the characteristic of maturity is the faith factor. Faith factor. Now we know in Hebrews it speaks about what is it that pleases God? Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Now this is the course whereby... We choose to believe the principles of God's word. This is a course where in faith you choose to believe that God is a healer. God is a healer. Perhaps there is someone in you yourself. Maybe you've got cancer. Maybe you've got some disease. Maybe something. You choose to believe in faith based on what the knowledge of the word of God that he does heal still. And how do you apply that? Is It's by believing, faith, and then applying it into your life. God, you said you're a healer. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to pray your word back to you. You said that you're the healer. Father, I am sick. Heal me. Please, (laughs) heal me. Heal me. And I don't do that because of magic and, you know, it's just some... um, that's out there. Not that because the Word of God says He is the healer, and so I apply faith to my um, the knowledge and the application of that knowledge. So God, you're the, my healer. In fact, Father, you say that you say that you're my provider, but I don't. I'm lacking. Why? Uh, maybe there's some things I need to do practically. Like go look for work or or whatever. There, maybe there's some practical stuff I need to do. But ultimately He is the one who will provide for you. And how He provides for you it says business. Not our business but our responsibility is to believe that He is our provider. And we go seeking after Him in that regard. Believing in faith that He is our provider. Now it's not as though you just sit and wait for Him to provide. Because that's laziness. We are not to be lazy we're not to be lazy we are to go and be active that's why it's good to go and study that's why it's good to go uh, if you can it's why it's good to go and work that's why it's good to to be part of society as as, as you possibly can can be you can't be a little person who's uh, in a little envelope like in you know, a little igloo that uh, you just hidden and you just pray and fast in all the days of your life you're praying fast into heaven very quickly um, let's not allow that. But if God has called you to do that, then you do it. Can I just say that? If God has called you to pray and fast for 30 days with wisdom, you do that. In faith. you believe God has called you, in faith you will do this thing. You will do this thing. Can I quickly share a, a quick story in, a, in, in regard to faith and um, application of faith in my life? So before we finished up at uh, Cornerstone, uh, you know, we were in this transition period. We were trying to find out where, okay, I uh, uh, felt as though a season was over in Yeovil. A wonderful season, but we there was, you know, there was uh, an uneasiness. You thought it was time. And um, and then, of course, uh, so we finished up in Yeovil, and then um, we, went, we went back to uh, Bedford View. However, COVID happened. We finished on the, on the Sunday, the president that Sunday night, we had a celebration in, on the Sunday in, in Yeovil and that Sunday night the president spoke and said, ah, sorry country uh, COVID is here maximum lockdown and I thought "Oh, this is going to be very, very, very interesting how am I going to integrate back into Bedford View how is this going to work for me Needless to say, that after, after that year of lockdown, it was the most glorious year that I, I probably, in this maturity li- uh, process, that was probably the most um, instrumental time re- uh, with my relationship with Christ. <coughs> in my seeking and asking, and I felt I needed to pray and fast for 21 days. Now, if you look at my physique, if i Praying for for 21 days, uh, you won't see me. I'll disappear. <laughs> so uh, I thought, okay, well, wisdom tells me maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll um, fast dinners I'll eat, uh, and lunch. Oh no, I can't remember. I had to have one big meal otherwise I'll disappear. Um, but I committed to that. In faith, I said, God, I feel so you need me to pray and fast to, as I seek your... your, your, uh, your uh, Knowledge, so I can apply it into my life. And it was the most glorious 21 days I have ever had in my Christian walk. Most glorious. God spoke to me so directly that um, I desire that again. I just don't want to fast, but I desire that again. <laughs> but I desire that deep relationship with Him. He was so faithful, but in faith. I believe that he says I need to. So I did. And I, as, as I learned his word, I applied it. And this is the birth of this church, came from that place. Because, um, yeah, it came from, the, from that place. But in faith, I believed that God would speak to me. And in, there was a series of things that happened in between where God said, in faith, I believed, and a little later it happened. Stuff happened. That is too long for me to share now. The point is, I applied, I applied, the second point, the knowledge that Jesus Christ has given me through His Word with the foundation of faith. Foundation of faith. I mean, it's foolish to fast. Unless uh, you want to go on a hunger strike diet and lose all sorts, lose weight, which I cannot do that. Um, it's foolish to do that. But if God says you need to fast, you need to fast. But in faith, I believe that. And He honored me. Now, if we believe that the Word of God can change our lives, you apply that belief system, that faith system into your Christian life. The Word of God can change our lives. And the Word of God, I can testify, for me has changed my life. And it's continuing to change my life. And I believe it's doing the same for you. Because the Word of God is alive. The Word of God is alive. It's not just some text that we find in this glorious book academically. No, it's alive. His Word says in John 17, 17, that the Word of God, His Word is truth. And therefore we have to stand on that truth. See, the maximum utilisation of faith in God's word produces maximum growth. Are we, are we okay? Are we all together? Are we encouraged? I'm not calling you guys to go and fast. I'm just asking you guys to, uh, to ask Jesus, you know, uh, how, do I, how, do I, how do I apply this knowledge that I've learned through your word? How do I make that application into my life? And from a place of faith, apply that thing and trust that He will do what, what He says that He will do. And this thing about faith relates to our confidence in God and His Word to alter our lives. Faith is a central issue in the application of our life. We do not apply, perhaps, perhaps we do not apply because we do not believe God's word contains the answer to our problems. Could it be you and I that we don't apply God's word in our lives because we don't really believe that his word, that he, the creator of the heavens and the earth, has the answers to all our problems. Perhaps we believe we can control the solution. We can find us from our knowledge, from our learnings, from our academia, from our experiences. We can control things. Perhaps that's, how we, that's, what we, that's where we find ourselves. Maybe we, be, we believe um, that by some system of operation we can solve all our problems. Can I remind us this morning that those problems that you think you can solve and that you maybe have a formula as to how to solve solve those problems, it was God in the first place who gave you that formula. It was Him in the first place who gave you that knowledge as to how to solve the problem. Perhaps you are too caught up in yourself that you're not willing to apply the faith element in your life to solve that problem. So, in conclusion, those who Paul pointed out, those in Philippa, the mature ones, Us this morning, the mature ones, the ones who consider ourselves mature. Can I remind us that faith in God's word is central to the maturity process. Faith in God's word is central, it's key, it's the, the core. Now maturity process. So remember, the goal is to finish this race. The goal is to finish the race that has been marked out for us. But along this race, there will be hurdles. There will be things that will trip us up, or try to trip us up. Our responsibility is to practice, put into application the word of God as we run and be determined to finish this race. See, if we believe that God's word holds power to change us, we will utilize his word all the time in our daily experiences. So I'll close and leave us with this question. Could it be that your lack of of appropriation or application to the Word of God in your life, or to God's principles in your life, could it be the lack of um, application to God's principles to experience, indicate a lack of trust in the Word of God? I'll ask that question again as I ask myself, could it be that our lack of not wanting to apply the Word of God into our lives, into into the experiences of our lives, could it be that we lack trust? Don't trust the Word of God fully like we should. I wonder, and I will be honest with you this morning, that there are elements of my life where that is true of me. And I'm asking God by faith to help me to have, uh, change that, to apply the faith principles that I've learned in His Word to my experiences, to my life. Why? So I can give Him glory. Because when God does the stuff, He gets the gr- Glory. Remember that statement, God does the doing, he gets the glory. And there are elements in our lives where God wants to get, in fact, God loves his glory. He says he will share his glory with no man. God loves his glory. So let us be a people, as best as we can, that are sold out and convinced um, and trying our very best to give him glory, however that looks like. Can I pray for us? Father, help me. Help me, Jesus, to be one who trusts you. One who applies the faith principles that you've uh, allowed me to learn and, and uh, experience in your, in your word, help me to be one, the one who applies them in, our, in my life. Forgive me and us, Lord, where perhaps we hold a great confidence in our ability, perhaps we hold a great confidence in our uh, money that we have or our status. Forgive us, Jesus, We know that those things don't bring us happiness. Forgive me. We have, uh, I do not trust you. We have failed to apply the truth of your words to the experiences of my life. And then Holy Spirit, help me. Help us this morning, show us and help us to apply what we have learned, what you've shown us, and help us, God, in faith to believe that, this, that God, you can change things. Help us to believe in faith, God, that you're the creator of the universe, the heavens and the earth. Though we see the world seems as though it's falling apart, God, may we believe, God, that you are still alive and well and busy in our lives. I pray for us as a church, I pray for our extended family, the churches out there, God, Christians worldwide this morning that you'd help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.